because it's so baked into our DNA. This idea that you you gotta work hard to earn a living, like that that mindset is very old. Welcome to Soulful Sessions podcast. I'm your host, Emma Evelyn Campbell, and you're listening to the right podcast if you're ready to push past your limitations, navigate your fears, and live a life aligned with your truth. I believe we can express our true nature and power when we get to know who we truly are. And this podcast gives you the tools and resources to do exactly that. So join us as myself and guests share our soul's truth so that you can feel safe to share yours. Don't forget to head to the show notes to get even more involved with the community. Now, let's get on with our episode for today. I love podcasting. It's great fun. Yeah, I enjoy it too. <laughs> so do you want to tell me a little bit about your journey and how you came to do what you're doing right now? And yeah, just for our listeners, just a little bit of an intro into who Adele is. <laughs> Yes. Well, I'm a mentor, spiritual teacher, working with hundreds of people around planet Earth, especially when they're dealing with, it's like, it looks great on the outside. Everything they're doing, they've done all the right things. Maybe they're successful in their jobs. They've done well in university, but on the inside, it feels really flat. It's like a Mm. a chronic sense of, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know my purpose. Depression sets in. Things don't really feel very meaningful, but they look good. And that's often the indicator of a spiritual awakening that's happening, even more than a psychological thing. Like sometimes people go, oh, you know, maybe I need to see a therapist or something, which is great. Therapy can help, but it's not really like a psychological problem as much as an awakening. At least that was my path because I thought there was something wrong with me. I really thought, you know, what's wrong with me? Everything looks great. And then I thought, well, this is normal. So my journey has been in waking up to the idea that life can actually be really enjoyable instead of tolerable. And I see this a lot because our culture doesn't really encourage people to enjoy life. You know, that's kind of seen as a luxury, Mm. but that's the ultimate spiritual path as well. Because if we don't pursue it, we end up doing, like you said, jobs that don't fulfill us. Business is just for the money. There's not a whole lot of soul in it. I have a, a, a calling to do more with some within me. I don't even know what it is. And it's, yeah, it can get really loud. And if that's not danced with, people can feel like their lives are like lives of quiet desperation of seeking. Like they never quite find it. And that can be really depressing. So that it is a spiritual mm. void, I think. And so that, I think that's why I was attracted to the title of your show. I'm like, soulful. Yeah. I mean, in everything, I mean, in business, in relationships, we're outgrowing older models of how things used to be done. So I love new voices. Business is changing. The ma- male and female roles are changing in how we relate to each other. Parenting is changing because of traditions might not have served as well you know and so mm-hmm. that that's kind of in a nutshell and i guess in terms of that change we're all so much like feeling that this past yeah. year like massively and not just like you said in all areas of life i guess so you know how does someone navigate when these yeah. emotions are coming up you know that feeling of being a bit lost that feeling of you know 
being yeah. kind of stuck in a bit of a hamster wheel, not really sure where to go. How does someone navigate those emotions um, in those moments and actually move forward through this yeah. through this process of of a spiritual awakening and fill that spiritual void? Great question. The first thing I always share with all my clients is to stop fighting. Stop mm. the resistance. Something is happening because the more you try to beat it down, like, oh, there's something wrong with me. Why am I this way? The question of why am I this way can send people down a rabbit hole because there's this idea that if I know why I'm feeling this way, then I'll feel better. And I always say, well, you may not know why, but, and maybe when you're 99 years old, the, 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 the heavens will open up. You'll know why in a more intellectual way. But for now, we can still move forward, even if we don't know why. It's a lot easier with these big questions of the day of the soul, everything you're covering on with your show in the sense of curiosity um, mm. and being stop the resistance to there's something wrong. That alone, I need to fix it. I need to get to the bottom of it. Like that, that can cause a lot of suffering instead of a, a stepping into the, I don't know, and I'm just going to be comfortable with being uncomfortable for a while, that is a wonderful place to be because mm. it, it just means that the older ways that you used to do things don't work anymore. So why look backwards? You know, I mean, it can be useful for background, but you're probably not going to find the answer looking backwards. Mm. It's only in being in the now and being curious and not too far forward either, because that can send us into all these weird planning rabbit holes and stuff like that. But just in the now, the letting go into the mystery. And I absolutely agree with you that with COVID, it's like this weird time that we couldn't go out. We could only go in. And we mm. discovered that how things were before COVID might not have been spectacular either. And COVID has really forced a stop to the madness. You know, and look, at least that's how I experienced it with so many of my clients as well. I've experienced it personally. And what I love about what you're doing with the show is that now that this COVID, hopefully there's a window of time that's starting to open again, right? Like we're hoping it's, it's starting to crack open. We don't really want to go back to the way things were, right? And so, Definitely and not. that's why this podcast, talking to people doing cool things, like what we're talking about, what work with me or whatever is, it's an opportunity to say, so I no longer want to just drift. I want to consciously be curious and engage with bigger conversations, deeper conversations, soulful podcasts that can feed me. And my job is to expedite the progress for people. I've discovered that in this journey, the faster path is one of three things. You need a community, which is, which is what you know. I love about these podcasts. You're building community. You need a process that works. And you need someone who kind of knows what they're doing, who can can help you avoid typical mistakes. So that's what I find myself mm. doing. So my clients, mm. they, they really bloom a lot faster on their soulful path. Mm. Guide, guiding them yeah. along that. So like yeah. when you say about typical mistakes, I would love yeah. to know from your experience, what oh. would you say 
are some of these typical mistakes that a lot of us make when we, you know, and I can even think of some on the top of my head that I've actually done, but yeah. you know, what are some of these typical mistakes that kind of people can oh my fall gosh. into? <laughs> Let me count the ways because <laughs> everything that comes out of my mouth has come from a life of experience, a lot of my own heartbreak, my own mistakes. And if I can save people some time so they don't wander down, the first thing is the obsessive need to fix yourself. Mm. And and this is, the, the mind can't quite grasp. I want a better life. So there must be something I need to fix within me. If there's pain, I need to go fix it. And I would encourage people to step into a different model. Fixing implies there's something broken. That needs to, you got to get to the bottom of it. You got to, you got to improve it. We have a massive self-help industry. Like I could turn my camera around right now. You could see, I call it shelf help, meaning books. Like I buy a lot of books. I sit on the shelf, uh, books in self-help. And it's not that there's anything wrong with that. I love reading about psychology, but it's a very intellectual way of looking at a situation that is not intellectual at all, yes. especially, I mean, how much can you describe the soulful path? You can, mm. you can narrate it. You could kind of tell a story around it. My story when I was younger and, you know, I could talk about aspirations, but the soulful path is actually none of that. It, because it comes from a different part of the energy field. The soul is much more in the, dare I say, the daydream the creativity, the, the imagination, the courage, those things don't come out of a book. My job is to keep people from backing off from what there's this nameless tapping on the shoulder. And people say, well, another path is I need to know what it is. If I knew what my soul path was, if I knew what my purpose was, everything would be much better. And what's happening is the mind is looking for a narration they think the soulful awakening or my path, my purpose, they think it's a job description. I'm destined to be a botanist. I'm destined to be a nuclear physicist or, or I'm destined to be a mother or I'm destined to like, there's this idea that God is sending me a memo somewhere. And if I miss the memo, my whole life is a waste. I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, don't worry. The message comes in every day. You won't miss it, but people try to distill it a little bit too early. So that's a mistake or, or a, a mishap that I did early on. I was so gung-ho in getting my life purpose right because our culture has this idea that if you have a problem, you're gung-ho in fixing it. You get a book, Definitely. you apply yourself, but that's part of the problem. Our problem solving has been very left-brained. It's been very masculine in the way things get done. So if you're a soulful woman, that doesn't work very well. And I did that. I tried to apply myself. I don't know if this is making sense in a classical sense, but a mistake is this constant pounding of self-improvement rather than mm -hmm. awakening. There is a difference between improving and awakening. Because in sometimes in the awakening, things do have to fall apart a bit. And that seems counterintuitive to the improvement. You know, it's like they're different colors, you know, and you can't really blend them and say, well, I'm going to mix them up. It's like 
there's nothing wrong with self-improvement, but it's okay to be aware of that. Like if that's beer, nothing wrong with a beer. And what if awareness is more like a cognac or a wine? They're just a blending them together. People end up very confused in the intention of where am I? Because they all have value. There's always something you can do better. Time management, being more productive. Sure. But to think that that is a soulful path, it's not the complete menu. Let's put it that way. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I really, I really agree with you there because I think, you know, there's so much emphasis put on people um, and it makes people perfectionists, you know, and it makes, it makes people a little neurotic Mm. because if I'm not happy, I need to work on myself even more. Right. Instead of that's the problem of, and a lot of, this working on starts to become very uh, intellectual. I need to be positive. I need to think positive. I need to only associate with positive energies, like this this drive to only be positive when sometimes the pain or what's not working, that's the gold mine. Mm. There's something there. Although it feels like crap, there's actually a message there. So why would you want to lobotomize everything and only focus on positive affirmations. I'm all for positive affirmations, but it can drive people a little bit crazy because you've got to keep doing it. It takes a lot of energy, a lot of constant repetition of people get a little bit neurotic about law of attraction ideas. And they're, they're so afraid of anything painful because they think that, Oh, that's negative and something bad could happen. Oh my gosh. I have a lot of clients that have been in that, rat race of you know it, it really can be neurotic and i'm like let's 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 stop this for a moment mm. and and embrace a different way because in embracing all then the truth comes out and then your affirmation everything will work a lot better totally. and my clients go from total frozen analysis to meeting the man of their dreams mm. or or getting promoted so much faster and they didn't do anything mm. they just loosen some of this up so it's not a improving to get the man or improving that's way too much work mm. when when this gets when the awakening happens with the soul the magnetism starts you start attracting without even trying to mm. that is joyous i think in society we just have this mindset you know as a collective that to get things in our life it requires hard work to get things in our life, it requires striving and, you know, working 40 hours, 45 hours a week. Constantly oh, my goodness. Yes. Stress. It requires all of these things in order for us to have the things we want. Chasing as well, you know, chasing relationships, chasing these things. And, and, and uh, you know, I, I've definitely been in this boat like 100%. I have been. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so the soulful mm, awakening definitely. encompasses our relationship to time, Mm. this idea that being busy is a mark of whatever, our relationship to money. That's a huge one in my work Mm. because it's so baked into our DNA. This idea that you, you got to work hard to earn a living like that. Mm. That mindset is very old, Definitely, you know, and you may have absorbed it without even knowing it. So you're on a subconscious way of looking at the world that, Money doesn't grow on trees or whatever it is. And so you're, you're naturally only going to be guided in a direction of hard work. 
a lot of people even struggle with the idea of enjoying their work. Even that is like a cosmic shift, you know, like it's work. What do you expect? You know, and that's coming from more of an older model of the industrial age. Totally. Yeah. Right, where you clock in, you clock out. What do you, what else are you expecting? You got a, bills to pay, and you work in a factory, whatever. That, that's not the case now, but that's a leftover energy in the body. That's part of the soulful awakening. Mm, I totally, yeah. I totally agree there, and I think yeah. I love what you said about how we kind of get confused with this idea of you know law of attraction because I think that is a that's another kind of part of the journey that we kind of go the wrong the wrong way down like I totally I fully understand what I believe is the law of attraction but Mm -hmm. when I first do it I thought I had to kind of have you know positive emotions going out 24 7 in order to get the things that I kind of wanted in my life that is so common it's like having a policeman in your head oop negative thought get rid of that you know and Mm -hmm. and all that's happening is you start lying to yourself Mm-hmm. And when, when you start losing track of your own truth, that something is hurting and, you know, that is a, that's, that's going down the road to not so great, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and anyone can think positive. There are times where it's useful, but totally. it's limited in, because it's exhausting. You have to keep doing it because anything that's painful is just as valid as something that feels good. It's, they, there's no judging of one is better than the other. It's just that one feels better than the other. Mm-hmm. And then you can be curious. What is it about this pain that's actually telling me something? That is a much more productive way to be with mm-hmm. me, myself, and I, and all these feelings. And once I have a sense of that, then, oh, yeah. Then the, yeah. So I, I've done that too. Exactly what you said. <laughs> I had a policeman in my head and I thought I have to watch every thought I'm thinking because if I have a negative thought at breakfast, I'll have a car accident at lunch. You know, like yeah. I really thought it was that dangerous to have a negative thought. So I get a lot of clients that are beside themselves with this constant positive. They, they've been, I've had clients, I had a client the other day, 15 years of constantly striving to be positive and her life was miserable. And so I I said, is this working? I mean, on a practical level, it's just, well, I'm working on it. So you can see this, this model of working on it, that it's never here. And then she said, I am positive. And she was trying to, but I'm like, but you're, you're doing a livelihood. You don't like you're in a relationship. That's abusive. I mean, how positive can we spin this? Maybe it's like this pain is saying you're destined for something much better. (laughs) Definitely. And that's where we have that like human doing, not human being, you know, like we're just trying to, and I, and I, where we have these emotions, I, I really do believe that we have to feel them, you know, in order to process them. You know, we shouldn't, like you said earlier, we should never try and repress them because that's when all this stuck energy gets kind of caught up with you. It's about feeling them, yeah. but it's not about when you feel them, it's not about turning them into positive emotions. It's right. about feeling them fully and yeah. finding finding the kind of gifts and the yeah. opportunities within them. Absolutely. And then from that, it kind of transmutes in its own way, you know, without us forcing it, you know, I I, I suppose. Absolutely. I love that. That's a, that's a more mature or uh, it's a better balanced way of looking. Mm -hmm. I feel like some of this uh, positive stuff, it's not that it's wrong. It's incomplete. 
And some of this got started, I would say, that movie came out, I can't remember, maybe 20 years ago. So in a way, it's old. I feel like there was an idea that came along maybe 20 years ago about Mm -hmm. being positive, law of attraction, all this stuff. But it's time Mm -hmm. to mature past into a newer way that's more nuanced, more, uh, more mature, more responsible than, you know, because we evolve, our consciousness evolves. And maybe 20, 30 years ago, that was the thing, you know? So why would we want to whip it out now? Now we're into feel everything. Mm. And in my work, especially with women, I do a body of work that centers around feminine spirituality. Mm. That, that, that is huge on the awakening path because up to now, the planet's awakening soulful voices came predominantly from men. Nothing wrong with that, but the world has been a little patriarchal. The church or whatever, that's not, it's just the way history evolved. It's the way it was. It's the way it was. Yeah, yeah. And so there are a lot of feminine spiritual, feminine essence, feminine energy. This stuff is starting to coalesce. And that's what I work with a lot with my professional women, business women. There is a way to harness your feminine awakening, your feminine sensuality, frankly, your meat bucket, your body as a woman, so that your business or whatever it is you're doing feels more organically you Mm. instead of like this genderless, asexual, I'm a spiritual being that doesn't usually feel very good. Mm -hmm. And because spiritually up to spirituality for a while, the awakening was a certain transcendence, you know, like I'm, I'm of this world, but not of this world. Like I'm not fully here. I'm being an angel, Mm. but but if you're embodied in your sexuality, your sensuality, life comes alive and you've got more energy for the awakening process. It's part of it. Your awakening includes your sensuality. And up to now, that's sort of been like, what? You know, like people, did, you know, I'm like, don't worry. It's really groovy and it's fun. So mm, I love yeah. that. And yeah. I think that's where we do, you know, typically. I guess in the kind of spiritual space, we see a lot of people bypassing the body and bypassing Absolutely. the human experience. And I've Absolutely. always tried to say it's an integration of the two. So I guess like, how would you describe like what that, that feminine embodying that feminine energy yeah. is, you know, what, what yeah. is that process and how does that kind of yeah. help us through that awakening process? It expedites the awakening process, actually, because if it's if the awakening is done, oh well, I can talk about chakras on this show, but some people sometimes people are like, I don't know what a chakra is, mm-hmm. but if it's done, if the awakening is done mostly through the mind, or even up here at the seventh chakra, I feel the divine. That's lovely, but on the ground, what are you experiencing? So what I tell a lot of my clients that when they first come in, they, these are people who've done a lot of personal development and spiritual work for a while. And I, they've often read all kinds of books. And I said, you probably know more than me. I don't care what you know. All these advanced that, you know, that's wonderful. I only care about your experience on the ground. How are your relationships? How is your money situation? How is your health? If that's not grooving, let's start there because it's going to take too long to go from all the way up here mm. to filter it all the way down to the fifth chakra. Fourth. It takes too long. So in my work, I work with a lot with women, men too, but men and women have a slightly different uh, sensual center in the body. Mm-hmm. It's totally fine. If I can go in there and help them just turn it on. And mm. a lot of women are like, what? Because they're numb. Our mm. culture has... The, the, the shaming of women 
Mm. Who do you think you are? You think you're all that. Did you see what she's wearing? Oh, there's a, there's a very ambivalent relationship a lot of women have about being Mm. female in this world. For for men, it's not just from men either. It's from other women as well, you know. What did your mom teach you about being an attractive woman? Maybe she was afraid for you. Don't go looking too good because something could happen to you, right? She's trying to keep you safe. Or don't start thinking you're too attractive. You know, that that's unseemly or whatever it is. There's There's been a historic amping down of women's natural feminine magnetism. It's a lot of power, but not over other people. It's power to attract power there is uh the feminine is a little bit more community oriented if you look around the world women would sit in circles we don't do that anymore we're sitting in our houses by ourselves behind a computer with a book trying to improve ourselves so we've lost something of the natural cadence of women of storytelling everyone's into the mind of you have this belief which is helpful up to a point but wouldn't you agree sometimes all people want is sit with me and listen. Mm-hmm. Just listen for two That's seconds. Right. That's all I need. Mm-hmm. I don't need you to give me advice or what you think I should do or how I should look on the bright side. All that stuff is like salt in people's wounds. So the ability mm-hmm. to sit with the mystery. That's Anyway, so I teach embodiment. That's a, it's an awakening process that starts with the sensuality in the body. The soulful must include the body. And my experience has been it takes too long to go from the ethers all the way down because people have spent 10, 15 years doing that with advanced meditation. Yoga is wonderful. But once they leave the yoga studio, just walking across the street, they're back in the stress of their children. and And so my work, I like to tell people it's a little bit like yoga off the mat, yoga off the mat. And I can get you results much faster if you just... Yeah, let me coach you on a few things. You'll start seeing things. And people are like, and sometimes things shift so quickly, it scares people. The, the, the promotion comes w- within weeks instead of years. And then mm-hmm. the, the, the energetic system cramps again. You know? And I'm like, I'm, I'm staying with it because it, be careful of what you wish for. You just may get it. And so the, the soulful awakening is like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I can handle that much good stuff. And it's scary to start getting promoted or this amazing man contacted me and I can feel myself leaving my body and starting to do what I always do. All these things, that is the soulful awakening is that nervousness of, right? Mm. You know, who wants the same old, same old? There's no growth there. Go for the, go for the growth no. edge. And sometimes it might be heartbreaking. Sometimes it might be scary, but it's always worth it. Always. And that's why I love shows like yours that keep people moving forward. It's not about being comfortable all the time. It's about excitement. Why are we here? Yeah. (laughs) And it's, it's an evolving thing. You know, we go, it's not like a journey that we go on and then we suddenly hit that, that massive change. It all happens and, you know, amazing. Everything. I'm done. Yeah. It's no. (laughs) I think it's forever. People want that. People secretly want that because that's the more masculine Mm. way. That the what's the shortest route from L.A. to London? Right? Do I take Mm. a boat? Do I fly? Do I? I could parasail. You know. And the masculine is always looking for the fastest, most direct way. But in reality, 
we could go the other way around the world. We could go up through Alaska and take a detour through Atlanta. I mean, but the masculine is, I just want to get there. It's, it's very much goal oriented as if once I arrive, wow, I'll just kick back and nothing will ever go wrong. Right. But it's the journey. Do you want to, do you want to bypass through, you know, do you want to go through Chicago first? Do you want to take a boat and hit Alaska or, you know, how do you want to get there? And that journey is life. Mm -hmm. And I know that's not always what people, we want to get there now. We want to get there yesterday. And I always ask them, why? Mm. What is your assumption about what should happen when you get there? And it's usually something like, well, then I know I'll be happy and I'll never be sick. I'll never be broke. Everybody will be happy. Nobody will die. Every, it, you know, it's, it's that yearning for life will just be okay if I can figure this out. And I'm like, it doesn't quite work that way, but I totally get why you might wish it were. And I think even, (laughs) I think when we get there as well, you know, like say for, for example, that, you know, there is this person who's striving to, you know, they might get there, they might get there, but by the time they get there, they're exhausted. And they also, by the time they get there, want something else they want something more absolutely and I always encourage people to keep this desire engine open Mm. because what's happened with a lot of my clients when they first come see me they have actually stopped wanting Mm. they're just looking to grin and bear it Adele can you just help me get out of stress like that they're not even thinking for what they really want that dream went away they got disappointed they're just trying to survive Part of my job is inviting them that at at any moment, it's okay to want more. It's natural to want more. It doesn't mean you're not grateful for what you have now, but it's always, there's always something new coming in Mm. because if there's not, it's kind of boring. It doesn't mean you're materialistic because people always think there's only so much joy in the world, right? And I shouldn't want too much. That would be yeah, more for me and less for you. We have these ideas about how much happiness we're allowed, especially if you came from a traumatized family. Mm. If, if your parents are miserable, a lot of my clients feel very uncomfortable with blowing it out in this life and going for it because they feel unloyal. Like I need to kind of stay not too happy to show my allegiance to my family, even though my parents never told me to stay less than groovy. They secretly want me to be all I can be, but I feel guilty. That's a very common awakening soul path thing that I sit with so that these women can really go for it and be the leaders they want and lift their families and their communities. That's what we want. We don't need people. Yes. Staying small. And it's so subconscious. It really is. Um, You know, it's shifting from that old outdated limited mindset to actually embodying the the limitless potential that you really do have as a being like I like I know some people say yeah we do have limits we do but I truly 1000% from my own experience believe that we are 100% limitless in our ability it's the limits we put on ourselves and society puts on us that stops us Um, and you know we can be limitless okay but like limitless doesn't mean okay I'm tomorrow I'm going to be a professional skier and I've never skied in my life. Yeah, like, I mean, we, of course, you know, we are limitless in our essence, the energy, our, our, the infinite potential. Totally. And, and we live in this meat bucket, right? So that there is a thing called how much time we have here. 
like mm-hmm. so if you look at a cross so with the vertical and the ver- um, horizontal axis i i say it's the it's the intersection of both because mm-hmm. if pe- if people truly believe that everything is is limitless like i'm i'm, I'm for all the possibility there's not always a sense of urgency to actually do anything because mm. th- these are people who have transcended with a lot of meditation work, everything on the ground, well, you know, it's meant to be. And there's not a sense of what I want in this lifetime as, you know, I have a finite amount of time on planet earth. I'd like to enjoy myself. I'd like to enjoy chocolate, a good relationship. Like they've stopped wanting because at the, mm-hmm. at the ethereal level, it's all there. Mm-hmm. So sometimes people have used spiritual awakening processes to sort of transcend and bypass life. And so mm-hmm. if the job sucks, well, it's all right. I am not this job. I'm, I'm, it, or they live for the next meditative retreat, and then they go back to lives of not as much, you know. So I always honor both. You know, it's true. We are limitless in what our potential is. And we got to, it's used to understand budgeting, you know, so you don't, right, right. Or, or how to take care of your health, that the body is limited. Let's honor the body so that you can pursue all these amazing things. Both are happening. If you're only in the body and you can't see any possibility, you might as well just settle for a life of, well, you know, there's no aspiration. Life feels very the integration you said a few minutes ago, I love what you said. It's the integration. Mm, yeah. Definitely. And and I guess it's that, like what you just said there, it is really that the only sense that is limited is the body. Yeah. But I think that's where the majority of people are currently living their lives in, is just solely in the body without this connection. Solely in the body. Exactly. If you're only in the body, then anything that happens to your body is really mm. scary. It, it means something. So this is like, I'm terrified of an illness. I'm terrified of something happening, loss. Death is the ultimate terror in our culture. Understandably so. That's part of the soulful journey is to be with it instead of running from it. Because at some point, there's a sense of we will all leave this planet. And there's a part of me that goes on. But if I don't feel that somehow, some way in nature or whatever the God of your understanding or your treat, whatever your, whatever it is, life feels very stuck in managing my existence. Mm. How much money do I have? You know, how my body, and that is very limited because we are meant to have access to a much wider sense of our limitless potential. Totally. And, and I, I, I love that. I really do believe in the sense that, you know, what you just said you know we have a part of us that goes on and it's connecting to those parts and it's it's moving away from the worries that are so heavy you know all these worries that are so heavy when you have that connection they feel lighter you know for example money I get I bet that's such a big one that people come to you for this you know limited thing about I need more money I need money um you know so I guess that's someone you know someone who would have listened to that would have probably been thinking right now you know what what do you mean by that because what about if my bank balance says I have 10 10 pounds then obviously I'm going to worry about money so what what would you say to someone who's kind of probably thinking that right now I love this question and you're absolutely right Emma I get asked this a lot Mm -hmm. and there is the the background about money, money 
there's that, which I try to explain to people. Money is just an energy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's our relationship with it that is wonky. You know, what it means about me, what it means about my life. And then there's the more practical aspect. So in what I love what you said a while ago about integration. It's not pushing the lever to money's has no meaning or money's everything. It's, it's if and in both. One of the hardest things on this soulful awakening is for people to look at their relationship with money because of our culture. Our culture does tend to be materialistic. Our culture does tend to say more money means you are more whatever, or we idolize people with a lot of money. Like there's all this stuff, advertising, consumerism, and look, it it never seems to be enough. People are consuming more than they ever have. We're burning up the planet. Still not enough. And we have people barely making it, right? So mm-hmm. the, the, the disparity, I don't see people any happier with more money. They're just consuming more, frankly. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, you have to have enough to mm-hmm. you know, live. And that can differ. you know. So we need to be able to, to have enough. What, now, what enough means is different for different people. But I also mm-hmm. feel people are very limited in what they think is possible for them. And so to summarize in a short form, I I go into a lot more of this with my clients, but I would say if someone is in really dire straits, the first thing I want to do is just get them to calm down a bit because when they're panicking, the nervous system, the creativity, everything shuts down. It doesn't matter what anyone says, no new insight or creativity will come in. The mind is shut down because of hormones, because of chemicals. We're in fight flight. We are not at our best at a time where we need to be at our best. You need, you need to be in top form right now to really map out a strategy. We've got to calm down so that the ideas that are coming in from other people, that the God of your understanding, inspiration, they can flow in easier. A lot of times people are so scared, they cannot see past anything. So calming down, that will automatically allow the nervous system and your energy field to be a little bit more attractive. That can be as simple as, oh, I noticed someone at church mentioned that they need help with the, the, the event on the blah, blah, blah. Maybe I might say, like, you would totally miss that if you were in panic mm, mode, right? These, yes, there's there's yes. opportunity everywhere, but you have to be in a state to notice and see it. The second thing I would mm. say is, if you only have 10 euro in the bank or whatever it is, it doesn't mean anything. What happens is people look at that and say, yep, there I go again. I'm so bad with money. I'm the worst loser. I'm so ashamed. I sh- I'm not a good provider. All this stuff. No, it just means you have 10 euro in the bank right now. Like we can change the, the path forward very easily, but not if you're carrying all of what this stuff means. So the awakening process means you are not 10 euro. It doesn't matter how this happened. And it's almost like, now, now we get practical. Okay, it's not my fault. Or maybe it is. If it is, fine. I'm letting go of that for now. Maybe, and sometimes people say, oh, I want I have 10 euro in the bank, Adele. And I want to do what you're doing. I want to do something meaningful. I want to run a podcast. I, there's no money in it yet for me. I don't have it. Nobody knows who I am. I'm like, great. So if you're feeling the calling, why don't we do something that brings in some money that doesn't consume 40 hours of a week? So that you're in contact with life, with people, instead of sitting behind a computer by yourself alone, stressing, 
your energy would actually start flowing. That if I put you at Starbucks making, I don't know, it's not the money itself. It's getting you in contact with life again, more people, more conversation, more potential opportunity. That's where we get the engine going, not sitting at home alone, looking on the computer. I mean, obviously if you're looking through job boards on monster, but that's not going to take 40 hours of your week. You could do that for 30, 40 minutes a day. And we start to get more productive because if we have 24 hours in a day and we don't fill it, it's going to get filled for you somehow with whatever it just, it just gets consumed with whatever stuff. But if you've got as I want to be more magnetic, I want to be in the flow of life and I'm going to check the job boards and I'm going to meditate too. My day is full. And then I, there's, there's a rhythm that starts to come in to attract opportunity, make a few dollars at, I don't know how many dollars per hour. It's better than I got to sign up for another job. I hate just to survive. And that is what people Mm. will do. They're going to go out of desperation. Mm. And I'm like, if you choose to do that, it's totally fine. But can we agree that you only take a job that is at best at, at worst neutral, meaning if it's depleting you too much, it's not worth it. Because your energy is going to be down even worse than it is now. Then you really, you really be stuck, if that makes sense. So money is a very nuanced conversation with a lot of my professional clients so that I can rewire them to how do you want to be making your money? You can make money anywhere. You can work in a factory. You can work at Starbucks. You can run a coaching business. You can run a podcast. How do you want to do it? And a lot of times they have trouble thinking about it. They just want to make it. And I'm like, in what way, you know, money, there's so many ways to make money. Definitely. And, and we don't realize how many different, you know, options that we have at our disposal, but it's also, you know, sometimes these things take time as well, you know, so it's just about getting started, not worrying about how the money is going to come, just get started. If it's aligned with, with who you are and aligned with, What's yeah. what's what I believe is source wants for you on this earth that will come, but you have to have the trust yeah. and the patience that that will come. And sometimes it's in the most surprising, weird ways that you didn't even know anyway. So, <laughs> just one step at a time. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if someone thinks, "Oh, I want to run a podcast," mm-hmm. and that they feel that I think I want to try it, the old way would be, "Okay, how am I going to do this?" Okay, I got to go on Apple, iTunes and figure out how I strategize. Like they're going to go into that Mm. model. But all that keeps them from even, you know, shooting the first episode. So let's say they they have one show and they decide, I don't know if I really like this. Maybe I'll do one more. And they do another one. They say, not feeling it. Great. It, then it's like a ping pong ball. It's it's pushing you in a different direction. Yes. yes you yes. have data, right? Mm-hmm. There's no guarantee in any of this. And again, that's another one of the mistakes that I work with a lot of people. Everybody wants a guarantee. Everybody wants a guarantee. And I get in their face and say, there is none. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a risk. It's a risk that if you go in this direction, it might not work. The question is, is it a risk worth taking? Yes. Are, is it, if it's something you really want, is it a risk worth going for? Knowing that if it doesn't work, you won't die. But if it does, 
And if it doesn't work, you'll be led to something else. Definitely. And what happens is people use a, I need to know how it works. It becomes what's known in the mentorship profession as a safe problem. Meaning it sounds like the real problem. I don't know how I'm going to do it. So I don't do anything. It's actually a way to stay obsessed with thinking mm-hmm. because the real, the real problem is I'm afraid if I go for this and people laugh at me or if it doesn't work, I'll be crushed and I can't handle that disappointment. So let me sit with all the planning for a <laughs> while and I've got business plans. I had a client once who had spent three years before coming to me wanting to, what did she want to do? Oh, she wanted to be a, a relationship mm-hmm. coach and she wasn't in a relationship. She, she didn't have a relationship, but she wanted to be a relationship coach. And she was really obsessed with the business plan, her website. I mean, she had poured a lot of money into how this would work. I mean, a business plan of what? Like, <laughs> And she said, well, I'll figure that out. And it had kept her from sitting with her own fear yeah. about how do I talk to people about relationships when I don't have any experience yet? I'm like, don't worry. You're passionate about this. Doesn't mean you don't know anything. There is a way to talk to people about relationship. We're sort of in this together. I'm going to share what I've learned through my you know, disappointments in previous. I have something to offer. But she was so afraid people would find out. And so it was like easier to stay in the planning phase of things. It's known as a safe problem. And that gets people every time. I want to know this will work. Otherwise, if I don't have a plan, I'm not even moving one inch. And I'm like, You've hired me to get you moving. I'll get you moving. But notice what you're doing to yourself. This has been a habit that probably started a long time ago. Either someone yelled at you for not being perfect, right? Or, you know, that was stupid or whatever. So we are rewiring the the soulful path is a very different way of moving. Totally. And I love what you said there about, you know, there is no guarantee There's no guarantee. But it's also about recognizing, you know, that, okay, say you have, you want to start podcasting, you start podcasting and, you know, it's not, you've done quite a lot and it's not feeling right. It's not doing well. You just, you don't need to give up. You just need to shift. You need to shift in, where do I shift it? And sometimes I just find that simply asking the universe and remaining quiet and patient and saying, okay, where do I shift here? Where do I shift here? And you might move into YouTubing or whatever, you know? But but the essence of you stays the same Mm. because I can feel it in you. You know, like you have a desire for expression, right? Mm -hmm. It, It could be in the verbal, it could be in the video, it could, it doesn't matter. There's something about that. It's it's not like I was born to be a podcaster as my purpose. It's I was born to express. Yes. It it oozes out of me, right? So is it a risk worth taking? And if the answer is yes, I enjoy this, then the, the conscious, the brain can go out and get tips. Maybe there's someone who's done this before who I can learn from. And then the learning supports the soul's mission rather than the other way around, which is what most people do. I don't even know what I want, but I'm just learning stuff, right? And it's like taking a step. Is this enjoyable? And let's say it's not going well. Let's say you've done, I don't know, 10, 20, 30 shows. It's, you enjoy it, but it's not going very well. There's a burning desire in you that says, what else is, I want to keep doing this, but I want to, I want to build more. That's going to pull you to people out there. Right. If you do 10, 20, 30 shows and you're getting bored of it, you don't enjoy it. 
well, then that's a symbol that maybe you want to move into something else. But the desire mm, pulls yes. you towards what's uncomfortable. Who who out there might be a good, Definitely. I don't know, in this example, a podcast guru or whatever it is, because I want to keep doing this. So it, it doesn't mean out of the gate. Mm. Sometimes people want me to say, because I, I do a lot of intuitive energetic readings, they want the guarantee that what classic is saying, oh, I met this guy. And I'm only going to go out with him if I know it's going to work. Adele, can you tell me that he's the man? Because if it's not, I don't even want to waste my time, right? They don't even want to risk the pain. But that's exactly what the soul is asking for. Try this guardedness, right? And so if I'm saying, well, if you're feeling the desire, that's enough of, you know, go for it. Because... You know, because what's happening is people are hedging their bets and they do this with business. They do this with relationships. I said, maybe I don't say this, but maybe you're destined to go with this person for a month, six months, whatever it is. And you finally learn something about yourself. And then the relationship has served its purpose. And then you're on to somebody else. Oh, I love you know? that. Yes, and- yeah. Because mm, I do I do believe that because I think, you know, we all have this kind of perception that, you know, for some reason, every relationship we get in, oh, he's the one. He's, he's the, the one I'm going to marry. He's the one. He might and be then- the one for now. Yeah. And it might be, you know, hopefully it's not just for the night, but, you know, yeah. let's say it's for six months or a year. And we don't know where this is going. He has free will. You have free will don't know. And everybody wants to know. That's why that, that's what keeps the psychics in business. You know what people run to psychics because they are scared of trusting their own gut. And I mean, I used to do readings, so I, I think it can be helpful up to a point, but if you've got mm-hmm. people constantly looking for reassurance before they make a move, then the readings are not helping anybody. Like the codependency comes in for these kind of practices is like people rely yeah. on external. I we actually had a conversation in a podcast yesterday about this about we rely on external things to validate us to yeah. make sense of the spiritual path when the only way to make sense of it is going within and getting to know yourself and understanding yourself. You know, these are all tools. They're great tools. They're great tools to support, but yeah. not to exactly. not to actually that's not the path, you know, the path is within. Yeah. And I always tell clients that the best psychic for them is them. Like even the <laughs> best psychics in the world, I don't care who you hire, even famous people or whatever, at best, they are only maybe 70% accurate. If that mm. 60 to 70% mm. because they cannot possibly know you better than yourself. And this is when people really squirm. And it's because people are, tr- are this journey of knowing myself. Will you know me? Will you know me? Can you tell me who mm. I am? And that is so understandable. Mm. That is so understandable because we're not a culture that encourages that. We, we're encouraged to do what we're supposed mm. to be doing. Not how, I mean, I'm hoping our culture with, with these podcasts that the awakening process I'm noticing is starting much earlier. It used to be 10 years ago. The average mm-hmm. age of my client might be mm, mid forties or maybe uh, early forties, upper thirties. Mm-hmm. That seemed to be when the awakening process started lately. It's I'm talking mid twenties. People are asking themselves these yeah, questions well, much earlier. Yeah. So a lot of my clients are younger and younger. And I'm like, that's great because then you have more time 
to, to do all these amazing things. Mm. They don't want to wait till they're retired to figure it out. Yeah. The older model used to be, well, <laughs> once I retire, then I will finally do my art, my traveling, whatever it is. And I'm like, yeah. all right. I mean, you can, but you know. Definitely. That resonates so much with me because, you know, like I just, I graduated from university and, you know, I lasted oh. six months in a corporate job. And for I just remember thinking, what's wrong with me? Because I, yes. I just wanted more. Want I always more. wanted more and I always wanted more. And I was always, I was always uncomfortable that I, that I wanted more and I'm comfortable with it. And it's only kind of been in the past two years that I've really been like, you know what? It's fine for me to want more. It's fine for me to want the life that I want, you know? Look look at what you're creating here. Mm. And um, I think business is some of the old corporate ways are are shaking a little bit because Mm. um, they are an older model. Nothing wrong with it, but they're not set up for some of this stuff. They could be that there are new models coming in that are less, the word that's being used in conscious business right now is the word extractive, meaning like if you go to McDonald's and you buy a burger for whatever, I don't know how much it is in the UK, but let's say it's a dollar here in the US. It's cheap, fast food, right? But the true cost of making that cheap burger is a lot more than $1. When you look at the cost on the rainforests, on the people barely making it in in the you know people processing the meat and all this stuff you're extracting the cost from people's bodies or the planet somewhere that that mm. that is subsidizing the true cost of $1 burger so people can buy it cheaply and the profits go to somebody else that that is a standard way of uh, supply and demand has been managed my background was in economics so i came from an extremely conservative background when you look at economics, economic theory. I mean, I had it all. So I discovered soon after graduating, graduation, when I was out in the real world, expecting that, well, supply and demand and, you know, survival of the fittest in business. And there's people come and go for the jobs that fit their qualifications. And we get the best products this way. It doesn't work. The real world does not work that way. So I started to observe what was really happening to people and where the money was really being generated. And I thought, wow, the spiritual way of running a business needs to change. And I think it started, Mm. so you may have been in an environment that did not allow you to do the more that you wanted. Maybe the the job description or expectation was too narrow. You, You know, we just want you to do X, you know, or, or not ask too many questions, whatever it is. You know, and and some of these older businesses are still run that way. So I don't know where that came from, but that's just no, no. I totally agree, and that's that's why I want to do what I want to do because I've experienced it, and it's not. I think we, you know, when we talk about consciousness and spirituality, we don't just talk about it within one area of life. It's within all areas of life. You know, we need to be moving forward. You know, yes, in all areas. And and your podcast is going to reach people who are curious. And I mean, it's a wonderful time to be talking about these topics because the world is hungry for it. There has to be something different than the, the typical, you know, business podcast, which always seems about making more. There's, there's never enough more. I need to make more, more. Why? I mean, how much do you need? And that is never something that's directly asked 
in business. It's always the quarterly earnings or just keeping the, you know, the profitability. I'm all for profit. I'm all, I'm for everybody being abundant, but it's gotten out of control that the measure of a successful business is only if the stock price keeps going up, but things can't go up forever. I mean, how is that possible? You know, it's, it's, it's just not sustainable, but people are rewarded for you know, squeezing that one more percent out of, or one penny out of the stock price. That's how you get promoted. Mm, but that definitely. that's extracted from somewhere else. Mm. So old mod- old models, old yeah. models for sure. So where, where can people find you, Adele? Yeah. yeah, I'm very easy to find all over the internet. You can Google my name. I'm on all the social platforms. I'm on TikTok these days too, which is kind of funny, you know, and people will look like, what? I'm like, I like it. Um, I'm on Facebook, Instagram. I like to be very informal, connect to me. I'd like to have informal discovery conversations. If you're curious about whether I can serve you, what I like to do is if you're interested, we can just set up a conversation. And my job is to listen. Is what you're dealing with something I can help you with? It's usually some form of anxiety, stress, purpose. I don't know what I'm doing. It's like, or, or I'm fighting inside, you know, or, and as a result, my relationships are crappy or, and, or the masculine and feminine is off. That's kind of where I play, uh, whether you're a business leader or corporate d- doesn't matter. Um, so I'm listening. Do I think I can help you? If I don't think I can help you, I know a lot of really good people I can refer you to, you know, I'm just, I want you to get the right person. If I do think I can help, I'll listen and probably ask questions to make sure like, ah, so if you could get help around X, Y, Z, that's what you're looking for help about. And then I might suggest if we were to work together, how that would be, because sometimes it's private work. Sometimes it's small group work. I, I don't I don't usually know till I talk to people, but I also suggest I uh, you can get a free gift off my website, safehavenhealing.net. It's like a four part series of just a taster of things that I talk about. Free gift. You know, you can listen in, or you can watch it, listen. And, and if you like me, great. If not. Yeah. It's a chance for people to feel my energy. Can I serve you? Because I only want to get mm-hmm. good results for people. So it has to be a fit from my end. It has to be a fit from the other person's end. Usually where there's a sense of, ah, this feels good. Because you can feel it when it's a good fit. If it's kind of like, eh, then I'm not for you. Very important. Totally. And that's very that's very important in this industry, you know, to have that, to have that. So we just wrap up with one final question that we ask all our guests, and that's to share a message from your soul. So this can be something that comes up intuitively that someone might need to hear right now. Sing your song. Sing your song. This podcast is your song, and everyone else has a song. It's unique to you. It's not anything you you sit around and figure out. It just, you know, what wants to be expressed through you. your song is not always just your mouth. It's your, your art in the world. I have a mentor. He says, you're a piece of the master. Therefore, you are a masterpiece. So sing your song and the world is better off. We got enough miserable people. Let's have somebody alive. And there's going to be someone else around you that says, oh my gosh, you're exactly what I needed. Mm-hmm. so come out from under sing your song i love that that's been one of my favorite ones i've heard for a while actually oh. so th- thank you so much and thank you for sharing this space with me adele it's uh, been oh. absolutely lovely i love your energy thank you. so <laughs> thank you so much for having me i've enjoyed this and i love what you're doing thank you so much thank you 
that's a wrap from today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us and I hope you feel even more inspired to share your soul and live a limitless life. Don't forget to like, subscribe and share if you love this episode and head to the show notes to find out how you can get even more involved with the community. I'll see you next time for another soulful episode. See you later.